What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest, most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and on today's episode, we are talking about social media marketing branding mistakes that a lot of new business owners make. In fact, a lot of veteran business owners make. A lot of businesses that have been around for decades that then bring their presence online and think they can use just generic marketing terms and branding terms. Uh, they think that it can have a chance to work online. It doesn't. So uh, yeah, I know I'm being very vague right now, but of course, we're going to go into all the details on today's episode. First off, just want to let you know today was supposed to be the hashtags updated episode. I was working on it yesterday. It was a you know, this morning's episode is a little bit late for those of you who are uh, listening to the show right when it comes out. It didn't come out because I realized I need to do a little bit more research. I want to get some more posts out before I come out with this episode. I really want to make sure it's as accurate as possible. So it probably will be coming out this Thursday. Otherwise, look for it uh, next week, Monday at the latest. I probably will come out with it Thursday. I just want to get out of a couple more posts and try some new hashtag uh, techniques that I was doing just to make sure that they work out. But on today's episode, we are talking about a branding mistake that a ton of businesses make. And this is that they use very saturated marketing terms. So the first thing we're going to talk about is going to be especially important for those of you who are in markets that have been around for a very long time, or you have a ton of competition. So I'm going to give a lot of examples in the fitness industry because that meets both of those requirements and I feel like everyone has taken part in fitness at some point, so it's probably a little bit easier for everyone to comprehend. To give you one more example before I get into that though, the business coaching industry has actually been around for a very long time or the life coaching industry, consulting of any kind. And if you would imagine me coming out with a course that would be something along the lines of passive income accelerator or be your own boss pro. (laughs) Both of those terms are totally done for, right? Passive income, now the narrative is passive income is bullshit. So if I had a course that was like passive income is bullshit, here's why this type of income is actually obtainable. That would be something that you would more listen to. Passive income, you've likely already bought a course on passive income at some point that If you were now searching for another make money course, that would alone tell you that that previous course on passive income didn't work for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't still be seeking help with it. So that's why naturally, if you come out with courses or any kind of products that use all the same terms that have been used for years, if that person has already been tried to be sold that before, it's just not going to work. In the fitness space, it's very common that I talk to a new online fitness instructor and I say, so what makes you different? What sets you apart? And they say, well, you know, I have a goal of helping people live their happiest and healthiest lives and, um, you know, keeping in shape through diet and nutrition. Um, But but, but, but one of my main focuses is that I really want to make sure people can eat whatever foods they want during the whole time and that they don't have to go to the gym every day. So it's like every one of you does that. Every single fitness coach it has that, right? So like you need to find out what makes you unique 
And none of it's that, all right? I know you're trying to, but you got to realize, you know, it makes a lot of sense that like everyone's first guess is the same. And that's what it is. Everyone's first guess is the same. But if you get caught up there and thinking like, wow, that was different, like you're just going to really get caught up in the noise of all of these other fitness coaches and just the fitness industry in general, whether it's like their local gym or it's marketing for a new supplement or it's marketing on an infomercial for, hey, don't buy this guy's coaching, just buy the freaking, there's pre-built in workouts into this new tablet screen, right? Like you're in competition with a bunch of these new machines that have like all the workouts in them. And you might think, well, no, I'm not. I My experience is unique. That doesn't matter because the customer doesn't know that because you can't explain it to them. You can't explain it to why your process is truly going to be unique. Let me give you another example in the fitness industry just so that can this can really hit home for you. Fitness equipment on the infomercials. Why would they ever change them, right? Once it works, why don't they just do it forever? It's because once a the one of the products is known to a large portion of the world, they've got a lot of the sales that they would get in that time period, they can't just keep selling it like the Bowflex, okay? You don't see commercials for the Bowflex anymore. And if you saw one, you'd be like, "Oh, that's an old piece." of fitness equipment and fitness is not like it's not like a marketing industry right where like it's changing all the time and marketing techniques that worked five years ago don't work anymore anything that worked for fitness like 30 years ago still works it's not like oh the human body has evolved and the bowflex does not work on it anymore it still works the same it's just an old story okay so now they're like all right now we got the tonal we got the nordic track we got the peloton Will these things be sold in 10 years? Absolutely not. People will be like, oh, that's an old thing. That's what, I tried that, it didn't work for me, right? That's the main reason why, at the root of this, why saturated marketing terms don't work. If someone has bought a Bowflex before, then did not get super in shape, whose fault was that? It's theirs. It's because they didn't use it enough. However, humans like to protect their own ego. So whose fault is it? It's the Bowflex's fault. What are you talking about? It wasn't my fault. Oh, there's this new machine. All right, that can get me in shape. I'll believe that that can get me in shape, but I've already tried this other thing, right? So once it gets done with, it's done. You can't just come in and say, oh yeah, we help people burn fat or we help people lose weight. Like that is what the first people came up with in like the 1920s to try to sell fitness coaching. They're like, well, lose weight, right? It was like, it wasn't a saturated term yet. Like you could just say that. It was just so easy. Now you have to get more creative. So think about fitness programs uh, because these different machines is the same thing as these different fitness programs techniques or these fitness methods that are taught in a lot of the fitness programs. So for instance, P90X, uh, imagine real quick seeing a commercial for P90X. You'd be like, what do you, what do, this is an old workout routine. It does not work on the post 2020 bodies. It, it just doesn't work anymore. That that's an old workout video, right? So like, that's how like humans minds like perceive it. But how did P90X distinguish itself from other workout programs. They use this thing called muscle confusion. Now, is it revolutionary? Who knows? But it was just a way to say why they were different. Oh, you've tried keto programs and you've tried, um, uh, you know, beach body programs and you've tried this and that and that. Well, have you ever tried muscle confusion? 
Oh, that's why it's not working for you, okay? Unless you have a new term of why your solution is going to be different to people and you just say the same thing as the last person who tried to sell them stuff that didn't work or that just didn't work for them to buy it, then obviously then that approach doesn't work. So they wanna hear something new. Even if you're not teaching anything groundbreaking, you do wanna really hone in and figure out what is something that we're doing that truly is unique and like some kind of method, something that the whole rest of the world is doing differently that we really are against? You really want to try to find that because that is one of the best ways to sell your program. All right, P90X, muscle confusion. What about the workout program called Insanity? For those of you that know what I'm talking about here, real think real quick. What was Insanity's Big claim to fame. What were you going to learn in Insanity's fitness program that does not exist in any other fitness program? Okay, this is the only way they could they could sell it. If P90X didn't have muscle confusion, it wouldn't have done a quarter of the sales it did, all right? It's the sole fact that it was a new thing that people were now willing to believe that this new solution could work. So Insanity uses max interval training, right? You were going to work out really hard and we're going to take short breaks and then we're going to work out really hard again. They're like, we're going to flip the training on its head, right? Like they're like, we're going to do the inverse of like what the rest of the world is doing, which makes it seem like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, of course it's going to work. It's the, it's a completely different solution than everything else because all other workout programs use low interval training, short bursts of reps, and then you do a lot of rest time in between, which allows your body to cool down and you don't get the growth that you want because you need to flip the whole thing on its head and do max interval training, which is only in insanity. That is how you have to position. If you're selling like a workout program, especially, it has to be positioned in a way that what they would learn in this program is not even available on YouTube. So another one is when businesses think that the fact that they are customer focused is anything special. 100% of businesses that work are customer focused. Otherwise, they wouldn't be working. So you coming in and be like, all right, hey, I know you've had a financial planner before, but have you had a customer focused financial planner? That is not a distinguishing factor. That is just something that you're going to do naturally and they're going to appreciate about you. And it's just is like the bare minimum a business should do. It's like be customer focused. Like, What does that mean? We're going to really focus on why we need your money and why you need to give it to us more than the other companies. Customer focused is not any kind of special thing. The last thing I'll talk about is people who try to use the we are a small business as a means of getting people to buy from you. Now, the thing is, is people love buying from small businesses, but not more than they like buying whatever they want, regardless of where it's coming from. If there's an option to buy a product that someone kind of likes, right? Maybe you're selling, let's, let's just keep it simple, barbecue sauce. You're selling barbecue sauce at your farmer's market and it's eight bucks and people kind of like it. And in stores, there's one that people really like. Mark Zuckerberg's like, hey, Sweet Baby Ray's though, you know, it's only four bucks. And even though I can afford yours is eight bucks and it's not as good and I'd be supporting a local business, I'm going to buy the one I want for four bucks. You know, even if like, even if the costs were the same and they just like the taste of one more, or even if they, the taste was the same, but the cost was a little bit lower in stores, they're not going to be like, ah, well, you know, two bucks extra to support a small business. They won't do that. You, as much as you would like to think so, that's just not 
a repeatable behavior. Maybe they do it that day. Like, ah, we're, we'll help this person at the market because we're, we're here, right? But they're not going to be like, we got to go back and spend extra money to help that person. Like they don't care to that level. So when you're doing this thing like support small business, it's like the cherry on top, all right? It's just like the, it's not even the cherry. It is like the nuts. And some people just don't even care about it at all on their Sunday, all right? So using as like a lot of Instagram bios are like small business, customer focused, helping people live their healthiest and happiest lives. So really try to figure out what makes you unique. And a lot of times it really is just literally what you're doing, like just the literal sense of what you're doing. Oh yeah, help people run their first profitable Instagram ad campaign. Not any of this fluff around it, but like, what are you really doing? And then try to figure out like, what is unique about that? And really try to hammer in on that. I think this episode will probably give you a lot of ideas of maybe what you're doing wrong, but I know it's kind of hard to now have an idea of what you should be saying. And that's why uh, really I can't help a lot of you without actually getting on a phone call with you because I can't just list 300 niches and then all of you are like, got it. He finally got over to my market eventually and I like that idea. I'm not gonna do that for you, but I can do this very quickly if I just talk to you on a phone call. So if you are very confused as to your business's marketing clarity, branding clarity, you know your bio has a case of just looking very basic like everyone else's, book a free call with me in the description below. That concludes this episode. I appreciate you all listening. If you've got a second, go click on the reviews on Spotify, especially all you do is click the stars. You don't even have to write anything. Talk to you soon.